Performance USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the fighting men of the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command Performance, presented this week and every week till it's over, over there. Here we go again, men, with Command Performance, Hollywood's own merry-go-round of stars with a brass ring at every turn. So take a run and jump, fellas, and hop on here beside the master of ceremonies hundreds of you have asked for. Here he is, fresh from a tour of training camps here at home, America's number one box office attraction, Mickey Rooney. Thank you, thank you, Paul Douglas, and salutations to Uncle Sam's armed forces everywhere. Tonight, Command Performance greets you from California, where we've postponed our argument with the Florida sun until you guys have settled your argument with the rising sun. California, where people who used to complain about a little do are now bragging about a, a little do-little. <laughs> uh, so clear the tracks and hang on to your GI hats, for here comes the Hollywood Platinum Streamliner on her second trip to the Command Performance. And brother, from locomotive to caboose, it's first-class fare. Here she is, Miss Betty Hutton. Take it. Finally found a fella Almost completely divine But his vocabulary is killing this romance of mine We get into an intimate situation And then begins this Romeo's conversation He says murder, he says, every time we kiss He says murder, he says, at a time like this He says murder, he says, is it the language of love? He says solid, he says, takes me in his arms and says solid, he says, meaning all my charms, he says solid, he says, is it the language of love? He says, chick, chick, you torture me, zoot, are we living? I'm thinking of leaving him flat. He says, dig, dig, the jump the old ticker is given. Now he can talk greater than that. He says, murder, he says, every time we kiss, he says, murder, he says, keep it up like this and that murder, he says, in that impossible tour. He says, Jackson, he says, and my name's Marie. He says, Jackson, he says, shahoot the snoot to me. He says, Jackson, he says, is it the language of love? He says, what, what, he says, when he likes my hat. He says, he says, what the heck is that? He says, woo, woo, he says, is it the language of love? He says, hep, hep, with helium. Now, babe, we're cooking in other expressions to it. He says, we're into grooving, dig grooves, good looking. He sounds like his uppers don't fit. He says murder, he says murder, and the way he says murder, in that impossible tune, I've told him over and over and over again, there'll be nobody else's murder, but his own.
Thank you, Betty Hutton. Now here's a letter written on USO stationery and dated May 13th at Pearl Harbor. Dear Command Performance, the funniest bird you've had on our program so far was a robin, last name Burns. We don't want to sound piggish, but Bob Burns is our dish, and we're all set for a second helping. Signed, Private First Class, RVB. Well, Private RVB, and all you others who have placed the request, here's your man, the fellow who left his folks in the state of Arkansas and now leaves his audiences in a state of hysterics, Bob Burns! Yeah! <laughs> Well, thank you, Mickey, and I want to thank all you fighting men for inviting me back here on this show. You know, this show is so big that only Uncle Sam could sponsor it. And I, when I, you know, I had my bazooka tonight, I had it all polished up and, and all the, the, the kinks out of it to play it in honor of this occasion. But when I heard that two of the biggest and the finest actors in show business were going to be on this show... I asked the War Department to let me work with them. Now, it's kind of hard for any of us to realize how long these two men have been visiting us over our radios. But do you know, this is their 14th anniversary. And I want you to help me now give a royal welcome to Amos and Andy. Come out, boys. Well, thank you, Robin, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, now, wait a minute here, Mr. Gods, and that, that's not the voice we all know so well. Oh, excuse me, Bob. I guess I better get way up there where Amos talks. How's that, Miss Burns? Well, that's better, Amos. Now, how about a word from your partner here, Mr. Correll? Well, I'm delighted to be here, Robin. Or as Andy would say, I was pleased to make your acquaintance. That's the kind of talk we want to hear, ain't it? Good. Yes, sir, but... But now, uh, you should have seen me in vaudeville, boys. You see, I do a dialect. Yes, I've been noticing that, uh, noticing here, uh, I ain't never heard nothing like it. Yeah, let's hear your natural voice. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, you, you, you see, the only trouble with this dialect you're doing, well, nobody would really talk that way. Well, now, just a minute now, fellas. I, I ain't doing a dialect yet. This is my natural voice I'm using. Yeah, well, uh, excuse me for protruding. Something whispered past me there. What was that you say? I've been trying to tell you, I, I've been talking in my natural voice. <laughs> you is? I've been trying to tell you about a dialect I did way back before vaudeville died. Uh, you didn't kill it, did you, Mr. Burns? No, no, but I will say I was one of the pallbearers. Yeah. What I was getting at, boys, is, you know, it must be kind of hard for just the two of you to do all those dialects, those different voices you do. Oh, it ain't much trouble. Uh, no, you see, Mr. Burns, in case lightning is talking like this, and then we change the fluke of Harris, I'm liable to end up like Brother Crawford and tell you that my wife is very unhappy and I won't stand for it. <laughs> well, well, folks, this just goes to prove that one's a crowd. But now, boys, as I was saying, when I was in vaudeville, I... Well, uh, Mr. Burns, you know, most of the time I just talk like Andy. Except when I go out in society and get very charming as Henry Van Porter. Uh-huh, but, you know, there ain't many of us can still do that, I guess, huh? Uh, of course, once in a while, Miss Burns, we do run into a little trouble. You remember, Andy, that time that I was showing you and the kingfish and lightning some bucking wing steps on the radio? Yeah. And I danced for about 30 or 40 seconds, and 
When that was over, we had a little trouble. Yeah, Emma's, uh, he was kind of out of breath dancing, and the kingfisher lightning couldn't talk for a minute and a half. <laughs> you know, that reminds me now. Here it is, your 14th anniversary, and we haven't heard the kingfish tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, that kingfish... He been giving us some trouble here lately. Oh, yeah, we had to leave him behind. I reckon he's sitting over at the Mr. Knights at the Sea Lodge Hall right now. Yeah, we've been having trouble with him about his salary. Oh, now, wait a minute. Now, you mean you pay the kingfish his salary? Yeah, but he ain't satisfied with what he's getting. He ain't, huh? No. But now, listen, boys. Now, get back to your real selves a minute now. I want to talk some business with you. Yeah. Okay, Miss Burns, I'll slide back to my own voice here. What's on your mind, Bob? Yeah, precede with everything. If you want to talk business, go right ahead, Bob. Well, you see, here's what I was thinking of. When I was in Vaudeville, I used to do a blackface dialect, you know, two different voices. One of my voices was just like the kingfish. You don't say. Yes, sir, yes, sir, just exactly like the kingfish. Now, if you're having trouble with the kingfish over salary, well... I got a little time on my hands right now. Well, say, Bob, you don't you don't mean to say that you're willing to play the kingfish for us. Why not? Well, how about salary? I don't know what you pay the kingfish, but I'll do it for half. That settles it. That settles it. Let's fire him right now. Here's the phone, Charlie. You talk to him. Yeah. Let me get that bum on the phone. He's been holding us up long enough. Now, when I'm playing the kingfish, you see, I could throw in some jokes. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nice of the sea, uh, kingfish speaking. Kingfish, this is Mr. Corral. Oh, hello there, tight pockets. So you don't think we've been paying you enough money, huh? Say, listen, Mr. Correll, this income's like mine is keeping Mr. Morgan's all weeknights. Is that so? Where could you get another job at the money we're getting that you're paying you now? Well, Rochester can't live forever, you know. Uh, well, start looking for a better job because you're through with us. Uh, how's that again? I say you're through with us. We've got Bob Burns to take your place. Well, now, wait a minute, Mr. Correll. Wait a minute. Look here. You can, you can forget about the reels. <laughs> Oh, you know I was just kidding you, Miss Crell. It's too late, Kingfish, too late. We're with Bob Burns now on the show here, and it's all settled. Well, now, wait a minute, Miss Crell. Maybe I, could, maybe I could take a little cut here from what I'm getting from you. No, no. No, Kingfish, sorry, but you're through. Well, that's settled. Yes, Bob, from now on, you're the Kingfish. You'll never regret this, boys. It, it's a great character. Now, Bob, how about running through a little scene with us? Yeah, we'll ad-lib some lines as Amos and Andy, and you'll be the Kingfish. All right, boys, you know, I can hardly wait to show you this. You know, yeah. I've been practicing on the Kingfish. You're going to be surprised. You're going to swear it's the Kingfish. Talk. All right, now, I'll tell you, Bob, as the scene opens, Amos and Andy are sitting in the office. And you walk in as I and I say to you as Amos, I say... Well, hello there, Kingfish. How is you? Yeah, come in, Kingfish. Hello there. No, wait a minute. Hello there, Andy. No. Oh, hello there, Andy. No, doggone it. Now, wait a minute. I don't go. I had it this morning. Hello there. Hello there, Amos. Doggone it. This morning, I'm telling you, this morning, I was doing it so good that, that my cook tried to join the lodge. Yes, hello there, boy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. Sure. Hold it just a minute, Bob. I'll get that phone. Hello? Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Corral. This is the Kingfish, speaker. Uh, I've been listening to Mr. Burns doing me on the radio. Oh, yes. How do you like him? Uh, confidentially, Mr. Correll, if you boys wish to have another anniversary, you got to start paying me more money. <laughs> now, here's a letter from Private First Class PLJ. At the bottom of the letter, there's a notation by the censor as follows. If organization is named, do not specify location. So we'll just say that PLJ is in the 10th Infantry somewhere out there. Here's his letter. Dear Command Performance, when I used to live in Pasadena, my hobby was television. And my favorite performer was the First Lady of Television. 
Betty Rhodes. I'd be mighty grateful if you'd have her come on and sing a song just for me. Well, PLJ, here she is, the singing sensation of the picture The Fleet's In, your favorite star, lovely Betty Rhodes. to Mr. Billy Arts, who is conducting Local 47's Command Performance Orchestra tonight. 
Now, in response to letters from Rip, Brick, and Chud, three staff sergeants at Francefield Canal Zone, and the many other fighting men throughout the world who have asked to hear this distinguished gentleman, I bring you a man who introduces himself by saying... How do you do? <laughs> Why... My people! Why, it's Bert Gordon, the mad Russian! Why, Russian! And with him to keep him on the beam and off of the chandelier is his playmate of the network's Harry Von Zell. Von Thank you very much, Mickey. Why, Thank you're you. welcome, Harry. The Kremlin crumb is yours. <laughs> Thank you, Macaronia. <laughs> now, Russian, please. Where did Macaronia go? Now, Russian, are you listening to me? Yes, I'm before all any... ears. I'm all ears. All Go right. Ahead. Now, before anything happens here, let me say that we've got to be serious here tonight. Yes, of course. Now, according to the program it here, it says you're going to deliver a lecture to the doctors of the United States Army. Can that be right? That is correct. <clears throat> I will have you know, when I was a chief sturgeon... No, no, in... <laughs> no, Russian, you don't mean sturgeon. You mean surgeon. Oh, Yes, a, a sturgeon is a big fat herring that hangs around a delicatessen store. You leave my wife out of this. Tonight I'm going to lecture on surgical technique to the United States Medical Corps. Co no. <laughs> now, excuse me. The word is corps, not corpse. Did you ever see me operate? No. The word is corpse. <laughs> now, listen, Russian, please cut that out and, and get on with the lecture. Now, uh, what is your subject? Mm, the subject, yes, the subject, mm, the subject. <laughs> the subject of my lecture is how the mad Russian takes out a man's appendix using a diffractive scample, an obsolete anesthesia, and a pantomimic serotherapy. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, what happened? Shouldn't happen to a dog. <laughs> now, Russian, I, I repeat, you have got to be sensible tonight. After all, this program is being heard all over the world. By the fellows in Alaska, Australia, Trinidad, Sumatra. 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 What Sumatra, baby? <laughs> now, Russian, yes? you're becoming ridiculous. Don't say that. Well, uh, you are. I, I don't believe that you know anything at all about anatomical complexity. Ha, ha, ha. Silly boy. <laughs> From the time I was a little kiddie... I wanted to be a great sturgeon. Every day I am taking finger exercises to make my hands skillful. Finally, my hands are so delicate, so sensitive to the touch. Yes? I became a pickpocket. <laughs> All right, now let's get back to this Russian. If you really are a doctor... Yes? Let me hear you repeat the Hippocrates Oath. Not me. You'd think I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> Listen, all right, Russian, I'll give up. If you've really got a speech to make, you go ahead and make it. Very well. <clears throat> My dear doctors, yes. let me state that it is not unusual in the human monotony to come across a case of double endiocardomate. What's that? Two hearts. Four spades. Pass the cards. I'm dealing. <laughs> this Russian, get back to the heart, huh? Why not? Why not? Yes, all <laughs> Why right. Not? Now, what do you know about... Uh... Angina pectoris. Angina pancake. Oh. Very good with sitter. Very good with sitter. Now, listen, please get back to the subject and stay there, Russian. You're supposed to talk about medicine. Very well. Well, all right. You see, in the bloodstream of the human being, there are two different kinds of corporals. One is the red... <laughs> one is the red corporals, and the other is the white corporals. 
Now, the red corporals are not getting along with the white corporals. And vice versa. Vice versa? Or Venus Venus. <laughs> therefore, therefore causing dissension. Yes. By that I mean, by that I mean, yes. they are continually fighting. Oh. And what are they fighting for? I don't know. <clears throat> Shall I tell her? <laughs> they are fighting, they are fighting for supremacy. They are fighting and fighting and fighting. It's a terrible battle. Yeah, well, who, who is winning? What am I, a scorekeeper? <laughs> you constantly amaze me, really, you do. Beneath that layer of Munchausen prevarication, you have an irrepressible ebullience. Or, as the French say, you have about you that air of je ne sais quoi. How dare you! <laughs> How do you like that? My... You don't smell so good yourself. <laughs> In addition, Russian, before you leave, I want you to understand this perfectly. You haven't fooled anybody here at all. We all know that you're no doctor. <laughs> then how come last year, at the height of my career, when from coast to coast I was the toast, across the country I hijacked a driver... Hijacked? Uh, yes. A driver gave me a lift. A few miles further on, he suddenly slumped over the wheel. Oh, cardiac? No, Cadillac. <laughs> it was imperative that I should operate immediately. Yes. But it was pitch dark. It's dark. In the scant illumination from the headlights, I am operating. And what did you remove? His wallet, the radio, and all four tires. <laughs> now, there is some story. I don't believe that you operated But I did, I did. The nurse handed me one instrument after another. Did you fluoroscope the I patient? I fluoroscoped them, I hyperscoped them, I gyroscoped them, and finally, I got the solution. Well, what did you take out? The nurse, I That's all, you. go away. That was swell, Bert Gordon, and thanks to Harry Von Zell for his assistance. Now, as the yardbird said, his first night on sentry duty, halt, look who's here. <laughs> Harry James and his music makers called back to command performance by a flock of requests from wherever this program is heard. And man, that's everywhere. One letter especially from private BLP on a sand pile somewhere in the Pacific says, have Harry James blow that trumpet again and we will promise to blow the Japs to, well, <clears throat> Harry, how's about it? Well, it's a pleasure, Mickey. The fellas and I would like to salute the greatest fighting men in the world with an in-person presentation of our best-selling record, Sleepy Lagoon.
you hurry, James, your trumpet and company. Now, here's a letter from two Marines located somewhere hey, in the far-flung theater. Mickey, all you're doing tonight is introducing other people. How about doing something yourself? Mickey, <laughs> Well, right, Paul, I... Everybody knows you're a terrific impersonator, Mick. Now, why don't you give us some of your famous impressions of Hollywood celebrities? Well, okay, Paul, you asked for it. I'll try a whole crowd, if I may. I'd like to take you on a little mythical trip to Madison Square Garden in the heart of New York City, where we'll hear the 15-round main event between champion Joe Lewis and the contender for the title, Johnny Paycheck. All right, take it away, Madison Square Garden. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are at Madison Square Garden, about to bring you the 15 round main event between champion Joe Lewis and the contender for the title, Johnny Paycheck. As yet, both boys have knocked him into the center of the ring, but we expect them at any moment. Hey, Cookie, call that knockout program. All right, Jim, I'll see you within a few minutes. All right, there's Charlie Bellow. Let's pick up his announcement. <laughs> the main contestants of the evening. 15 rounds of boxing for the heavyweight championship of the world from Des Moines, Iowa, weighing 187 and a quarter pounds, wearing black trunks. Johnny Paycheck. Stand up, Paycheck. Take a bow. Up. <laughs> He gets a nice hand from the crowd. Worthy opponent, considered the greatest heavyweight of all times, weighing 202 and a quarter pounds, wearing purple tights. Joe Lewis, stand up, Lewis, take a bow. Lewis gets a nice hand from the crowd, and here's the bell for round one, and your announcer, Clem McCarthy. Come in, Clem. And thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Lewis comes out and stalks him with the left hand. It's that same old Joe Lewis that I've seen at the garden time and time again. And he cries with the left hook to the body, but Pesek danced away to the blue. He didn't like the blue at all. And there Lewis caught him with the left hook to the jaw. Pesek once more danced away to the blue. Hello, Sam. And there, and there Pesek tried with the right to the body. And there Lewis caught him with the left hook, and Pesek goes down. The count is one, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, referee off the Donovan has stopped the bout in the first round, and it's Lewis by a knockout in the first round. Stick around. We're going to try and get a few words for you from champion Joe. Pardon the CBS coming through there. Pardon us. Hey, Joe, turn around. Never mind, will you? Now get out of here, buddy. Joe, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, that's all right. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Joe Lewis. Joe, stand back, will you, Joe? Here's Joe. Tell us a little bit about the fight tonight. I mean, as long as it lasted. Joe Lewis, did he hurt you in that first round tonight at all? Joe Lewis. That's all right. Uh, uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's a tough fight, you know, for fighting. Maybe I'll still keep the championship. Thank you very much. on the studio clock are waving goodnight. And according to the old adage, time waits for no man. But 130 million of us back here are waiting for the day when you put the clincher on that job you're doing and hurry home. And when it's all over, you can bet your bottom dollar that the world will be hailing the man with the whiskers, not hailing that guy with a mustache. Good night, fellas. Don't forget, men, keep sending those letters to Command Performance and care of the station to which you are listening. Tell us what you want, and we'll deliver the goods. And by the way, if you happen to hear that a lot of us back home have stopped driving our cars to save rubber, it's true. The rubber we save is the rubber you're going to use to rub out the axis. (laughs) 